Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Movie Season. Today we continue our Action Month in November with our top 10 2010s action movies. So that's movies from 2010 through 2019, 2020. And um, this is our top 10 movies. So, uh, just- so they've had to come out from January 1st, <clears throat> 2010. To January or to December thirty first, two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, not a second before or after that. That's when the theatrical release had to have taken place. Yes. Um, and uh, so once we go over our list, we'll kind of go back and forth, and then we've also got some honorable mentions that we're going to uh, talk about later. So, uh, Justin, let's go ahead and and get it. Well, first off, how did you? How did you kind of? What was your criteria? How did you determine? All right. My criteria was action comes first, which means when I came, I wasn't really going based on like what I thought the best or what my, you know, it's really kind of my favorites based on action. Like that's what has to be the best in the movie. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like a great movie, but if the action is fantastic, then that put it higher up in the list. Right. Yeah. Like all these movies I I rewatch all the time. I love so rewatchability is another one. Like, does the action not only hold up, but like when I rewatch it, does it still give me that same sense of wonderment that I had when I first watched it, that adrenaline rush. And um, yeah, I, I really went based on my own personal preference. I really ranked high on how great I thought the movie was with action, how great I thought the movie was in general. And then how many times I've rewatched it since and still think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, we also, I, I I did a similar thing. Um, that's kind of how I rate movies in general. Just kind of, kind of the tiebreaker that I use if if two movies are close is you know if I had to choose on any given day which one I would watch, whichever one I pick, uh, that's the higher one. Um, that's just kind of mm-hmm. how I break ties or whatever. But um, no superhero movies. I was just about to say the other rule that we had was no super superhero movies we'll do a we'll have a month later on about superhero movies but i just felt like that's kind of to me like superhero movies especially the marvel movies are almost kind of like their own thing like their own because they all kind of follow the same formula so i consider them adventures yeah yeah they're more in line with like indiana jones type movies i guess or like um yeah yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So, and action has to be the primary. Like every movie has some type of action in it, but for me, like that's the other thing is like, is it an action movie? You know, like there's a lot of good movies out there that have action, but like that, like I said, movies that almost like put the action at the forefront. Except for one on my top ten is, you could argue it's a genre bender type movie. Like it, you don't really know where to put it, but yeah. other than that, I really it's like movies you'd find in the the action section if there were still video stores. Yeah, there's not though. All right. ITunes. Well, um go ahead and start us off with your number ten. Okay. Um, let me pull up my notes here. Um all right, number ten. This one was tough because I wanted I really wanted to put some other ones in there, but I had to just be honest. I didn't want to sound cool. I didn't want to sound like a you know, a guy at a film festival who just wanted to be cool. So I had to really just pick this one. And that's fast five. Oh, okay. Uh, Fast Five. Yeah, Fast Five. I mean, some consider that a superhero movie because how ridiculous they got. But Fast Five was the one. Yeah, I agree with you. There's this is an action movie for sure. But Fast Five is the one that I felt like before it got 
absolutely bonkers. It, it's it's bonkers, but it still is. It's still as based in the original Fast and Furious. Yeah, and I feel like this is kind of the one that kind of jump started it up again because you know they kind of had some a couple of movies that were kind of stinkers before this one, and then this is kind of what got it back on track. Um, well, they came out with the one, the Fast and the Fur- like, yeah, or, you know, the first one's the Fast and the Furious. Then they came out with that reboot. It was like Fast and Furious. And that one wasn't very good, in my opinion. No. It's still much better than a few of these other <laughs> ones. But Fast Five, like you said, that's when The Rock is in it. That's when, like, The Rock actually wanted to be in it. Mm-hmm. And he almost plays the villain the whole time. And uh, it, it, it's, you know, but he's really not a villain. But anyway, it's just fantastic. It's got all the great action set pieces. It gives everybody something to do. But the the thing I loved most about it is it was the first one that kind of shifted into the uh, more of like a, you know, it, it was almost like a spy movie. You know, the way they kind of were like trekking across. They were on the run. They were like going to different locations. There, were, there was high speed chases. There was different things. There was a heist involved. It was really well done. Yeah, it's kind of the first one that kind of really made it go global. I mean, you had Tokyo Drift, but it just stayed in that one little thing. But this one did seem kind of like it was on a grander scale. Um, yeah. This is actually, uh, this might show up on my list. So I don't, I'll, I'll kind of leave some stuff yeah. for that later. But um, okay. so for me, my number 10, and this is, this is kind of a tie because they're, they're almost the exact same movie. The plot is almost identical but it just depends on what you're more comfortable watching. And that's Ray, uh, the first raid movie, raid redemption or dread. Cause they're both almost, I ident- I mean, it, you could set them up side by side and the plot is almost identical. Um, I know a lot of people have an issue with like subtitles in movies and they have a lot of issues with, you know, dubbing when it's like a foreign film for me, I think raid is better. I, just because I think the action is better, but if that's an issue for you, then Dread is almost the same thing, and it's fantastic. They're both fantastic. Well, Dread's my number nine, so we can talk about Dread right now. Oh, okay. Because that's my number nine. Yeah, Dread's my number nine. Dread is far superior in every way than Raid. Okay. It, it, I mean, that, that's uh, Raid, Raid is good. That's my opinion. That's my opinion, but Dread is so damn good. I've rewatched it a couple months ago. That movie's so awesome. Yeah, it's really I, cool. I went, I went and saw it on like the big uh, Cinemark XD screen um, when it first came out, and it was just me in the theater. Like, not me, just the only person, but like I just went by myself. Mm-hmm. And man, the the sound design on that movie and just the visuals, and it's just like a, an absolute like you know visual treat. It just it just is awesome. I mean, there's nothing else to say about it. It's just an awesome action movie yeah and carl urban who i i really like I, th- I think he's great in just about everything he does he is just incredible in this um is that the best lip acting of all time it's the it's the best um acting that where you never see their face he does that one face that's kind of like he's like yeah like he's got the perfect scowl. Frown. yeah he's got the perfect yeah. scowl uh for sure it's but yeah, it kind of whole- builds up the 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 whole lore of dread. Like I really felt like this one like was really trying to be like a ser- like it really tried to be like the graphic novel mm. or you know, it, it really tried to be like good. You know, well, and I and can't, it was. I can't believe they haven't done a sequel to this yet. I mean, this came out in what, twenty twelve, something like that? Yeah, it didn't yeah, I don't think it made a lot of money, man. But still I think it only I mean Yeah, I think it only made like six million opening weekend. God. 
Um, but for me, to- if I had to pick between the two, I would I would go with Raid just because I think the fighting is um, there's more like hand to hand fighting. It's got guns and stuff, but it, it's more hand to hand fighting. And um, but again, I, I if I'm picking one to to show to other people, I'm probably gonna pick Dread because you know some people just have that hiccup with the uh, with the foreign films and stuff. So yeah, Dread. Dread I was actually right, Dread. Uh, six million. Wow, uh, six and some change. It it ended up making forty one million in its whole run, and I mean, people have picked it up since then. So I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a you know, but it it definitely deserved a bigger audience, man. Well, I bet if people didn't still have a sour taste in their mouth from the Sylvester Stallone one, I bet it would have like if it would have if that movie didn't exist and Dread came out on its own, I think it would have done a lot better. Yeah, Dread, Dread is just like it's like. You know, everybody tries to be diehard, and Dread kind of tries to be diehard a little bit. Like it's kind of like the same, like, but the only difference is like they go in there and like I don't know, man. It just there's a lot of cool kills. There's a lot of cool moments. There's uh, Lena Haiti is like really good as the villain in it. Yeah. So. Um. All right. So my number nine is Jack Reacher. Um, I have a feeling Tom Cruise is going to show up quite a bit on this list, and we'll we'll kind of talk about him as we go, but. This is just a movie that it comes on TV all the time. And I just catch myself wherever it's at during that time. I, I finish it. Like it, it's, it's a great action slash kind of mystery, um, kind of detective type story, you know? And, uh, the second one is God awful, but this one, the first one is just so good in the way that they, you know, and it's got one of the best um, opening scenes that I can remember um, that it kind of just really kind of shocks you for the first few minutes of that movie. You're just kind of like, what the hell just happened? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I love Jack Reacher. I could, I, I could watch it at any time and be completely content. Yeah. Jack Reacher. Uh, yeah. I, I'll wait. It, it shows up later on my list. Okay. Um, all right, well, let me, let me go to my number eight and then we'll, we'll, uh, go to yours. So number eight for me is Sicario. Um, Sicario is kind of, it was one of those ones where I wasn't sure if it belonged on this list because it's, it's a drama, like a heavy drama too, but there is a ton of action. I feel like if you went into a movie store, this is where you would find it. So, um, the sequel is good as well, but I think the first one it's got, it's got some of the best like intense scenes that I've seen in any movie in a long time. Um, Josh Brolin's fantastic. Uh, Benicio del Toro, Emily Blunt. I mean, everybody is just like top of their game in this movie. Uh, I I just can't say enough good things about, I I love this movie. That's number eight. That's number eight. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that'd be an action, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's an action. Like I said, most of the other ones are without a doubt, but this is the one that I was kind of like, I could kind of see people saying it's, it's more of a drama, but that's my number eight. Yeah. Uh, number eight for me is um, Edge of Tomorrow. Tom Cruise, baby. Yep. Edge of Tomorrow. Listen, you can make a you can make a Tom Cruise list, and he'd be on. He'd be there because he's the, in my opinion, the greatest action actor of all time. I mean, it's not, not even, even close. It, it's really no. not even close. And he picks great projects, and he's been making, you know, 
he's probably done some of his best work the past 15 years with some of these movies. But anyway, uh, I just, I really love edge of tomorrow. Cause it's got the action. It's got sci-fi. It's got, it's got a lot of things going on in it. Um, Emily Blunt's really good in it. Um, but Tom Cruise, man, th- this was one that again, criminally underseen when it came out, I think it's definitely picked up a huge following enough to where they're really, were trying to make a sequel there for a while. I don't think it's personally ever going to happen, but they've really been trying to get a sequel going on this thing. But it's just, it's, it's, it's one of those movies that you think like when you go watch it, like the plot, you're going to be like, oh, that's going to get old after a while. But I've rewatched this movie a handful of times and it actually gets better the more you watch it. Cause there's, there's a lot more going on than you think. And it's, and I just, I, again, action's great. The story is really cool. The, the sci- It's like a really good action movie and it's a really good sci-fi movie too. Well, and they do a really good job too in this movie of like, focusing a little bit on the secondary characters, you know, like his, uh, his unit that he ends up becoming kind of like friends with, even though they die at the end of it, you know, or whatever. Um, they, they kind of flesh those characters out more and more as the movie goes on. So that way you do end up caring about them. And then, um, also, you know, Bill Paxton as like the drill sergeant is, is awesome. um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It's it's on my list later on, but I, I love this movie as well. It could have been higher, but that's how many good... There's been a lot of really good action movies this, uh, in this decade we're talking about. Yeah, it could have been higher. Yeah, when I was... Initially, I was going to do... We were going to do 2000s, and the the like list of movies just wasn't as as uh, great as this list. Like This might be the greatest... No decade of action movies we've ever seen and i know that sounds crazy but once we get to the end of the list i mean there's a lot of really good action movies in this decade yeah all right so what do you got for uh number seven number seven i have jack reacher on seven okay again man i don't i don't even care i'm not i'm not even going to try to hide the fact that i mean tom cruise is going to show up a lot more on this list yeah so we could honestly done just a Tom Cruise episode, honestly. But yeah, uh, Jack Reacher, I love this movie. This movie is very good. It, um, it, I, I like how it's more of like a detective story, but the action is so like just it's very like like you know, it's very simple. It's not like there's no scene that like you're you're like talking to a friend about the next day. You're not calling somebody and be like, man, did you see that incredible action scene that chase scene like there's a chase scene in there there's like some good fight scenes but there's not one like action scene where it just blows you away yeah there's not like a movie yeah there's not like a huge set piece yeah but the whole movie just keeps building and building and building towards it there's you know and it's just it fits it's not you know there's not a lot of times in action movies i feel like ones that aren't really well done is like it's building towards two or three big moments uh-huh. and, and you're just kind of wait until it gets there with this one. The story is what is very interesting. And then they kind of interject some action in between it. Like the last like 15 minutes of this movie are just amazing. Yeah. And who's the, uh, who's the guy, the younger guy that is like the bad guy that actually did the shooting. What's his name? Oh man, I, I uh, he's off of uh, Suicide Squad. I, I always forget this dude's name, and I always get him confused with Sam Worthington. Yeah, he's um, much better than Sam Worthington. Um, it's like uh, it's I'm gonna I'm upset at myself for not knowing this. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. But yeah, he's he's fantastic, and he is so good in this movie. I, I 
I'm hoping oh, he'll Jai get... Oh, Jai Courtney. Jai, Jai Courtney, yeah. I'm hoping he gets more villain roles because he's really good in this as, as the villain. Um, and then they have, like, the main villain come in at the end, and he's great. Like, he's only in there for really one or two scenes, but probably a total of five minutes. And that's Warner Herzog. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's what's really cool about that, and that's what that's what was cool. I'm sure in the novel, like in the Jack Reacher novel, he that character probably plays like more of a thing. But I do like how that character is kind of like pretty mysterious. It's almost you want to know more about him. Yeah. Um, so my number seven is Kong Skull Island. Um, I've seen this movie probably six to eight times, easy. But every time I watch it, I like it more and more. Um, and it makes me question why this formula, well, they didn't do the same formula, but why the Godzilla movies and the Godzilla versus Kong and all those didn't work. Because to me, the structure of this movie is almost perfect for what it is. Um, and I think it's, pro- I, I think because it, it's more like it shows the people actually fighting, you know, like they're not, they're not just kind of running from place to place. They're actually fighting and, and doing stuff along the way. They're not just, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think it kind of gave them more of a, an edge and stuff like that, but it has a perfect mix of comedy. Um, it's got great. It's got one of the best monster reveal scenes probably the best monster reveal scene that i can think of where they're flying in and they see kong for the first time and it's got and it's got like that back shot where they have the helicopters going and it's kind of it's almost kind of like shadow you know what i'm saying like you can't you can see everything but they're you can just see like the outlines you know what i mean and it's just so cool and um I, I, I love this movie. I, I wish that they would have made another Kong movie like this separate from Godzilla, but I understand they had to do what they think people wanted. So, but, uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, were you not a fan? I'm of- not a fan. I'm not, I'm not a, this movie, you know, I thought I liked it when I went, thought and, when, when I went and saw it in theaters, I haven't watched it since, and uh, it's one of those things, man. That's why I don't watch movie trailers anymore as much as I love the art of a movie trailer. Like, I feel like all these moments that were cool in the movie, they showed me in the trailer and it ruined it for me. Mm. Um, all right. So I'll go to number six because we've already talked about it a little bit. My number six is Fast Five. Uh, and kind of like you, this was, to me, this is the best Fast and Furious movie. And I'm not sure it's really close. Like I felt like this is the one that without without Fast Five being as big and as good as it was, I don't know if they were still making them. I feel like this kind of gave them the the license and the leeway to just say, "Hey, let's just go for it, man. Let's you know pump out five more of these things." Um, the Rock, as much as he plays like the good guy in most movies, he is, in my opinion, better as a villain. He's just, yeah. he's got like such a huge presence. And it was the first time that you, that you saw Vin Diesel be like way smaller than the guy that he was battling with or, you know, had a problem with. And I think that was huge too. Um, they just do a perfect job of the, the best scene to me. There's two great scenes, but one of them is when they're in the favelas and they're just jumping from like how, like roof to roof. It's just such that's just such a cool yeah. scene and they, they do such a good job of filming it. And like you said earlier, they give everybody something to do. It's not like 
everybody's just watching Brian and um, or Paul Walker and uh, Vin Diesel do stuff. It's everybody's got mm-hmm. a part. So, um, and this is kind of the first one too, where it gave, where it kind of did that, where it, everybody had a had a role. Before it was just like, yeah, these people are helping us with a robbery or something, or they might do this, but this actually showed them being part of a team. And this is the first one where I felt they were a team. So that's yeah. my number six, fast five. Yeah. My, my number six, I've already spoken about it. So that's why I'm moving to mine. Um, my number six is John wick two. Mm. Um, surprisingly, this is the only John wick movie on my top 10, even though I really like the trilogy. I really like, or not the trilogy. They're going to make a fourth one, but, um, I really like these movies, but John Wick 2 is, in my opinion, the the by far the best one. It's got, like, the most, like, even though the first one, his, like, mission was way more, um, it was more revenge. I liked how this one kind of put John Wick on his toes a little bit. Like, he was kind of, like, almost, you know, forced into it, you know, to kind of finish this stuff, you know, or it would never end. So this is, like, him not just trying to get back at, you know, who killed his dog or who, like, you know, all that stuff. This is more about like him just figuring out, like I got to freaking like, I'll never be away from all this stuff. So I just thought that that added like a really cool thing to it. And plus the action in this one for me is like the best action of the, the whole trilogy. Yeah. I keep saying trilogy, but well, I mean, it's a trilogy. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think it's, uh, I think the thing that makes this, the best one is it kind of, it also shows you that it, it takes you more inside that world of like these hitmen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of learn more about like the continental and you learn more about kind of their code and stuff like that. And just that whole thing. And then that scene where he goes and he's like buying weapons and he's like getting fitted out with his uh, vest and stuff. Like that's just really, I mean, that's like my yeah, it one of my favorite you, scenes. Yeah. And it showed you more of like who, it kind of gave you a peek into like what he did before, like the way he went and got yeah. tailored, the way he went and bought weapons, the respect that he had. The first one was kind of just like you heard about it, you know, and you got a little bit of this one really kind of immersed you in like, Oh, okay. This is now I'm kind of seeing what he was doing. Like, you know, I kind of see the, how the whole thing works, you know? Yeah. So, and that was, uh, that was your number six. Yeah. All right. You want to go ahead and go for number five? Yeah, my number five is Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Um, You know, Rogue Nation, I'll just be quick about this because I know you have this one on your list, I would imagine, at some point or some variation of it. But uh, Rogue Nation, I feel like, is one that I like even more the more I've watched it. It was my least favorite one of, like, the, you know, the one since you know, uh, Mission Impossible 3, so, like... Of the new you know, trilogy, I'm, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, my my least favorite one just because... I don't know. I don't know why. I just... The other ones were so great. So, the the one I really liked about this is it introduced the, the villain who, like, kind of is the villain for Fallout as well, and he was fantastic. And the more I watched it, the more I really liked the action. Like, the motorcycle chase sequence in this is really well done. Um, the whole scene where he's underwater and, like, you know, the, just that whole sequence. I mean, it starts with that and then it goes to the motorcycle sequence. And um, that that to me was like the highlight of the movie. But the movie, the movie is just fantastic no matter what. But I'm just I wanted to point out like a, the big moment that put it so high on the list. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, I, and like I said, I won't talk too much because um, 
it's in my list, but I'll kind of ex- explain how, how I did those movies. But yeah, it's, it's another one that's grown on me the more that I've watched it. <clears throat> and it also, um, introduced Rebecca Ferguson's character who is great. Um, in her role in, like you said, it has, it has like these chase scenes and stuff, but it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have the, uh, Biz Khalifa scene like the like Ghost Protocol does, or it doesn't have um, some of the stuff that Fallout has. So it, I think that's why it kind of goes under the radar, radar a little bit. But to me, the villain makes it and makes it great, and also just the addition of the new characters um, that they brought in. Um, I, I just I, I love this movie. I could I well, could this watch. This one's kind of like yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I could watch, uh, this is another one that I could put in at any point and be completely content. Well, and this is the one where Benji becomes more than just like the comedic relief, which I really yeah. liked. Because yeah. Simon Pegg is such an incredible actor that, and I and I loved his character before that. But I'm just saying this one is where he really becomes like, it's almost like their version of like a buddy cop movie. I mean, it's yeah. really Benji and Ethan the whole time. Um, Rebecca Ferguson gets in there, but like, it's really them two guys like kind of going on this mission together. So I really kind of like that aspect of it. That's why I like to rewatch it so much is because you really get to see those two characters really become closer. And I like that. Yeah. Um, number five for me is a movie that if you'd asked me this a few years ago, it probably would have been one or two, but it's kind of fallen a little bit and that's inception. Um, this is another one that, is kind of it could be in two or three different categories. It could be in sci-fi. It could be in drama. But to me, it's the entire last third of the movie is one huge action set piece, and then it's got action at the beginning of the movie, which Christopher Nolan almost always does, and then it's got action. In the, so I mean, there's enough action there that I definitely think you can consider it an action movie. So uh, for me, um, Inception is just. It's probably my favorite, other than Dark Knight, it's probably my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Um, I I just, every time you, it's another one that every time you watch it, you see a little thing here or there that you didn't pick up the last time you watched it, and it kind of adds more to it. Um, And and like I said before, I just love that whole last third of the movie is just so good. I mean, the way that they do like the layers of uh, time. Um. It's just so cool to me. Like the way that they were able to film that and do it in a way that people understood, you know, like that, that it, it came across as clear as probably the director wanted it to without ruining anything. Um, I thought it was great. So uh, number five for me is inception. Yeah. I'll talk about that later. It's, it's blasphemous that that's number five. Well, you got to hear, I mean, you got to hear the one through four. I mean, I think when you hear one through four, you'll understand a little bit. I doubt I will. Okay. I doubt it. Okay. Uh, number four for me is one that's already been on your list. Uh, and that's edge of tomorrow. Um, again, I just love this movie. The dynamic between Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise is great. Like there's a, they, they do a thing where they, they have a little bit of comedy here and there, but they don't ever veer too off on that track to make it like, okay, man, we need to get back on task, you know? Um, and the way that they do the progression of his abilities in him, like slowly kind of conquering 
these different areas or these different stages of the fight is just so cool and so well done that, like you said earlier, it doesn't get old. It doesn't get boring. Um, and it's, it's one of those movies that I hope they make a sequel, but if they don't, I would rather them not make a sequel than make one. And then it ruins like some, sometimes movies do this where they add something in or they change something about the original and the sequel and it mm-hmm. kind of makes this the original worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I would be okay if they left it at this, but I do hope to see these characters again because it is such a cool like um, plot and such a cool, like the way they film it is some of the action and all of that, like when they're going on the beach is just amazing. So uh, number four for me is Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I've already spoken about that one. Um, I agree. Um, number four for me is, um, is mission impossible ghost protocol. Um, again, I told you I was going to, I wasn't going to, I have mission impossible up here because mission impossible over the past decade has been the flagship franchise of what all action movies should aspire to do. And it's, they make sure that they have a great story they make sure that they have really great actors and then they make sure that the action is action. It's not CGI. It's not green screen. You know, if it is, they do a great job of hiding it. I'm sure there's a little bit of that in there, but all a lot of this is on location, going to these places, filming on location. And again, we talk about Tom Cruise all the time. People need to really start giving Tom Cruise's credit for being a producer as well, because this dude makes sure that this these movies feel as authentic as possible. And I think that people really need to take a minute and put their biases aside and be like, dude, this dude is like one of the few guys out there left who's like making movies like event movies. And so Ghost Protocol was just such a perfect movie to me. And that's how good the action decade has been is that this is number four, but it's a perfect movie. Because it's got the comedy, it's got action, it's got great characters, it's got two or three huge sequences in it that with any other action movie, that would be the major sequence. But like yeah. even the Burj Khalifa scene, as amazing as that was, you know, is just one of like three different scenes that are just top level, you know? So, yeah, yeah I, com- I completely agree with you. Um, I-, I would say, other than the second Mission Impossible. I mean, they've been every single one of them has been good. I mean, you could have which one you prefer, but they've all been good movies except for that second one. The second one's a train wreck. But, um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Ghost Protocol is um, in any other decade, like if it was in twenty uh, or like two thousands, and we were doing this list, it would probably be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not doing superhero movies, because obviously I'd probably have Dark Knight number one, but going by our amount, our uh, rules in this, it would probably be number one. Um, and, and like you said, it's just, it's such an easy movie. All of these movies, these mission Impossible movies are so easy to just put in and watch all the way through and not feel like you have to skip to an interesting part. Cause even the parts yeah. where it's not action, it's still got great stuff going on. Like in uh ghost protocol, when, he um he meets up with Brant and the guy who's like his uh handler or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, just that little scene where they're talking and he's telling them like, you know, what's going on and here's what's gonna happen next. Just that little scene is great. 
And they have those all throughout the movie, you know, when they go on the train and then they're learning about the bad guy and then they're stocking up on weapons. Like just those little scenes just are to me, like make it such a great rewatchable movie. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So uh, you want to do number three? Well, you haven't even done your number four, have you? Yeah, it was Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, uh, yeah. Number three. And this is going to be controversial because you go online, man. This is number one on everybody's list. Everybody, you know, everybody wants to, you know, if it's not number one, you don't know what you're talking about. But it's number three for me. And I stand by it. It's Mad Max Fury Road. That's number three okay? for me, too. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. It's in, it's fantastic. Let's get that out of the way. It's fantastic. Okay. I have some issues with it, though. The reason it's so high, though, is because of the technical craft that went into it. Like the movie is just one long action sequence. It never stops. It never quits. It's like, it's literally like one big scene. I don't even know. Like that's, that's what was so cool about the movies. A lot of times there's like a beginning, middle and end. You can kind of know if you watch enough movies, you kind of figure out like the story structure and all that. And that's there. But I really like how the whole movie, like if you're describing it to somebody, you don't say like, hey, remember that one part or remember this part? It's like the whole movie just unfolds as like one uninterrupted scene. Well, And, and that's like, what's pretty astonishing to me. Yeah, and like you said with uh, Ghost Protocol and or the Mission Impossible movies in general, is I'm sure there was a lot of green screen, but most of it, I'm sure, is as authentic as they possibly could have gotten it. I mean, and it looks fantastic. I mean, it is one of those movies that, I've, I've probably seen it five or six times and every time I'm just still just like amazed at those two main chase sequences, just how great they are. I mean, it's one, especially like the second one where there's like all those explosions and he's going from, you know, he's moving from like car to he's on like that pole, you know, and he's going like just some of the shots that they do in this movie are just, they're perfect shots and they're, and they're shots mm -hmm. that, um, not every director would be able to get. And not only that, but it's also amazing to have a movie that has had such a long hiatus and then comes back. And this movie's probably, well, not probably this movie's the best one out of all of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, yeah. And, and the, the, the kind of the small issues I have with it, I won't, you know, I'm sticking with the action on this one, but like some of the story stuff, you know, some of the, uh, you know, I, it, there wasn't for me, there wasn't this huge deep connection with the characters. And for me, just my personal preference, like I like to have a lot of investment in the characters. I feel like it makes the action better, but that's what I'm saying. That's how good the action is that this is number three, because from a story standpoint, it would be a little bit lower than some of these other ones, but from just a direction and an action and a cinematography standpoint, and again, like we talked about, there's a difference between using some green screen and making it look like you're not using green screen. And some of these movies that really phone it in with the visual effects mm -hmm. that are dated in like two years. Yeah. Or by the time you watch it at home, it's dated already. Yeah. Um, this movie will stand the test of time because it just it it just will. And all three of these movies that were, that are in my top three. I mean, a lot of these movies will. But like that, a lot of the, what I've noticed that a lot of these great action movies on our lists have done is they've gotten back to making sure they're doing big practical effects and using stunts and using just old movie stuff, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even movies like inception for me, most of that's still practical, you know I mean? When they did the whole hallway scene, I mean, that's all built and they physically moved mm -hmm. that thing to where it, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a real shot. It's not them, 
you know, kind of like with the matrix did in like the second and third matrix where they started um, digitizing Neo, you mm-hmm. know, so you could just tell when it wasn't him and it just, and now it just really throws you off when you're watching those movies, but, um, and they're going to location. They're going on location. Yeah. Look, people, the audience is smart. I can tell immediately if a movie now that sometimes I get tricked. Sometimes it's like, Oh, that was actually a soundstage, but like there's some <laughs> part of that sequence. What I'm saying is like, sometimes we'll have to do some reshoots that actually yeah. make the movie and like, they'll replicate it. And they'll kind of put the little Swiss thing Alps. in there. Yeah. But like inception, they were actually out there in the elements. Yeah. They were actually out there. Now, like, you know, Mad Max, I'm pretty sure they were out in the desert. Like you can tell this stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, the fact that Mad Max ended up being that good because nobody got along on that set, from what I understand. I think oh, Charlie really? Theron and Tom Hardy hated each other, from what really? I've read. Yes. Hmm. And uh, I think that it was a tough shoot. And, um, you know, I don't know what happened, but I, I I remember like in Cannes, like at the Cannes Film Festival or something, he, Tom Hardy, like apologized to the director or something because he was like, I'm sorry, I was getting frustrated. Because I think the way they shot it is he is he had to micro he had to like shoot scenes in like three second two second yeah. intervals to like yeah. match it. George Miller did. So again, like I said, a lot of people would probably have this at number one. It's number three. It I, I'm I feel very confident though because number the top two for me are just a little yeah. step above. Same with me. Um, all right, so number two for me is um, Raid Two. So I remember when me and you went and uh, saw this in theater and I I was just blown away. Like I could tell by your facial expressions that that you don't agree with me. But this movie, as far as and and it depends on what on what you're looking for in an action movie. If you want like I always love the old like Van Damme and Seagal movies where there's a lot of hand to hand fights and stuff like that And this it's almost impossible to go back and watch those movies. When you see these fight scenes, they are incredible. And the difference between this one and raid one is raid two actually kind of has a store, a pretty good story to it, but it's still got three or four scenes that I've probably watched 20 times. I mean, the, the last fight at the end, well, like the last two fights. And then, the one where he like the prison riot. I mean, just those two fights alone are just top five, just off the top of my head. I can't even think about where else you would put them. But, um, and again, some people are going to be thrown off by the, by the language barrier, but I love raid two. I, I could watch it. I, I could watch it at any point, love it. And then want to watch it again. Like the action is so damn good. It is so good. Yeah, I mean, look, Great Two is on my honorable mention, you know, and I'm not going to dispute the uh, the stunt work and the fighting and the choreography and all that. It's, it's top level. But just for me, like I said, it, it has nothing to do with the subtitles. I, I've watched a ton of, like, foreign movies and stuff and really enjoy them. And this is a really good movie. But um, but like I said, man, it's kind of the same issue I have with John Wick a little bit. As much as I love John Wick, it gets to a point to where it's overkill for me. Yeah, like a I lot could, of these I could see that just, for sure. Yeah, they just a, a fight scene, for, in my opinion, shouldn't go on for ten minutes. Yeah, no, I, so I completely agree. Should, I, I, I yeah. understand that for sure because that that is so, one huge thing I have with John Wick too. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, I no, <clears throat> we just agree on that. I mean that that's why it's not. Um, 
if I was really wanting to look at it from an action pure standpoint, it definitely would have made my top 10, but I tried to like put in some stuff that I like am actively rewatching. I really right. have only watched the raid two about twice. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Number two for you. Number two is inception and, mm. uh, inception's one of the best movies, uh, I think that's been made in the past 10, 15 years. I'm not saying it's like one of the greatest films ever made or anything. I'm just saying it's one of the, it's one of the movies that I feel like people will constantly go back to. Um, I think when he made, when Christopher Nolan made dark Knight, he, he changed the game with superhero movies. And then I think when this came out two years later, he changed the game with like what the audiences want out of action movies and this is that hybrid one I was talking about that was on my list, which is it's like it's action and it's also kind of sci-fi. You and, know, and it's, it's a like little drama too. Hybrid. You know, it's it's got some yeah. drama elements as well. But this is like for me the the perfect type of movie because for me, my taste. Because I really like movies that make me think. I really like movies that are complicated. Um, I really like movies that um reward the viewer for paying attention, reward the viewer for you know, watching every little moment and it's got incredible performances. It's got an incredible score. The music yeah. on this is insane by Hans Zimmer. Yeah. It's got some of the most like at the time. And again, this still holds up, but even at the time, like it's some of the most mind bending, like things where you're like, how did they film that? How did he get that filmed? It's kind of like Mad Max. It's like, how are they filming this stuff? And the thing that puts this over like Mad Max for me um, is the story. The story is phenomenal. I love the story of Cobb. I think it's one of the great, like, I think out of all the, you know, action movies on here in terms of story, it's probably the best for me. Um, again, I could go, I, we could do a whole episode about it, but just to wrap it up, it just, it has everything I want in an action movie. It's when the action is going on, there's three different action scenes. Nolan always has like three different action scenes that are intercutting between each other. And every single one of them has a character that you're really invested in mm -hmm. and everything that's happening. You're super invested in every single character. And that makes the action mean so much more to me. And so again, the fact that this isn't number one just shows you how great my number one is, but number two inception, and it could have honestly been number one, but it's number two. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on everything. Um, again, I, I just felt like some of these other movies I've kind of, as far as action now, if I was actually to say what's a better straight up movie or which one could I rewatch more inception would be ahead of a couple of the ones that are ahead of it. But I agree with you. Some of the, like, again, and I've, I've already talked about it, but not only that, that last third, but the first 15 minutes or so are also fantastic, you know, where they're sitting there and they're trying to, um, they're trying to get that information and it keeps going back and forth between, uh, the dream world and then what you think is the real world, but that's actually a dream too. And um, they've just, they've got so many layers that like you said, the, the multiple times that you watch it, you're, you're still picking stuff up. And I remember when we went and saw this in theater and at the very end, when he puts the totem down and it's spinning, I remember just thinking to myself, like, please drop, you know, and it's one of those things, but then it cuts and it's just like, you know, some people, say that it, they saw it tilting and some people. So it, it's, just, and it, it's what makes Christopher Nolan, my favorite director is like, he, he takes ideas that could be simple ideas. You know, that could have just been a simple heist movie 
you know, but he turns it into something extremely unique and something that'll never be done again. Yeah. And and the thing also with it is, is that, you know, DiCaprio, you know, I know he won the Oscar for uh Revenant or whatever, but to me, this is DiCaprio, probably DiCaprio's best work. I'd say this in Wolf of Wall Street for me. I just think he's phenomenal in both those movies, but like Leonardo DiCaprio adds like a, like this, like, the seriousness about it. Like, I'm so glad that he was in it. It's kind of like McConaughey with interstellar and Mm -hmm. that's a sci-fi. So that, that would have made my list too, but it's, yeah, that's, that's that's kind of hard to, that's not an action. It's not really an action, but, um, but the thing, the thing that I want to really just hammer home with inception is that, um, it's a movie that has so many good characters in it that each of the characters could have been the star of the movie and it wouldn't have taken away from it. Yeah. Uh, the char- the actors were so good, but the only issue, and I'm, I'm just going to nitpick because I don't want to seem like I'm just never, you know, I had something to say about Fury Road. The one thing that Nolan's movies do sometimes that take you out of it a little bit, and this is why it's number two, is it gets very, a lot of exposition has to happen because the yeah. movies are so complicated mm-hmm. and we'll get into this another time, probably down the road, but that's why the uh, his newest film didn't work for me as much because it was very like we telling the audience everything that's going on. Inception does this very little, but there is some scenes like that that kind of takes you out of the ride a little bit. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, the strengths far outweigh the minor little, you know, instances like that. Tenet does it way more than Inception, but um, I think a big part of that too is like whatever the deal with the sound was where it's, it's hard to hear um what's going on in in a lot of scenes too and i think that probably adds to it as well um yeah but yeah so um i'm i'm assuming that our number one is the same because i haven't heard you say this and i'm assuming that it's the same thing so my number one is mission impossible fallout yeah i mean yeah i just want to say this and i'm going to let you go in on it but it was definitely number one because i remember we went and saw this at alamo draft house and we got out and I said, that's the best action movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Like in I, terms of just, and, and I made sure to say just in terms of the action that was filmed and put yeah. onto the screen, I've never seen action done better. I don't think. Yeah. The only movie that I could probably say that I would have ahead of it is maybe die hard, but it's close. Again, um, I'm just, I'm just talking about the, no, like, no, no. Yeah. I, no, yeah. I completely agree with you, but I'm saying as far as like, if I was, if someone would say, what's your favorite action movie? Like if you had to pick one action movie, it would be fallout and die hard. And I would have to really sit there and think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen fallout numerous times. I, I've, it's like my go-to movie when I want an action movie and I can't think of anything to watch. I'll, I'll throw in fallout. The chasing at the, or the last, I guess it's probably like 20 minutes or so, the final chasing. And then when, um, along with, and th- this is another thing that, that, uh, they do that's kind of like Christopher Nolan's. They have three separate things going on at once. So they have Luther, um, and his ex wife and, uh, Ethan's ex wife. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, defusing the bomb and then Benji and, um, uh, What's her name in the movie? Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, character. I can't think. I can't think of her name. Um, they're uh, fighting with uh, Sean Harris in that little cabin, but then you've got Tom Cruise on what I consider probably the best chase scene of all time. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it so many times. I've probably seen it 
10 to 15 times. And every time I'm still like on the edge of my seat. Um, and again, it's, I'm sure that there was some CGI there. Uh, I'm assuming at some point there was, but it, you can't tell. And he first starts off by climbing the freaking rope to get on the thing. I mean, it's just, it's insane that a guy at his age is doing that kind of stuff in a movie. And like you said, I really think he doesn't get enough credit for the risks he takes and for the commitment that he has to these projects. And, um, but yeah, I, I love and another scene and then I'll throw it over to you. Another scene that I love too is when, um, him and Henry Cavill, who is incredible in this movie, when they're jumping out of that plane and Henry Cavill gets struck by lightning and he has to like go over there and put hit. I mean, that whole scene is just so badass. It is so cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, go ahead. I mean, yeah. Fallout. Like if you look at, if you just look at the string of events, it's like, okay, we're good. We're going on this mission. Uh, we're going to skydive. So there's one thing that's getting filmed legit, legitimately getting filmed. They're up there. A camera crew is up there with Tom Cruise jumping out of a plane and they're filming this in real time. Like that's happening. Okay. Then they get to the nightclub. Then they go in hand to hand combat in the bathroom. Great. That's happening. That's happening. Then they go into this other thing and there's more hand to hand combat with him protecting the, you know, the, uh, the, um, Vanessa Kirby's character or whatever. Then they get in there and then they realize that they're going to have to do this uh, heist. So they go into like the hypothetical heist that like Ethan is going to have to do. And at the time you're really not sure. You don't know that it's like a kind of a, uh, it's not really like a a premonition. Like he's playing it in his head, like how it's going to occur. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's pretty dark and it's yeah. really good. And that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of Christopher Nolan in this movie because a lot of it from the music to the, to the way they shoot the film, I guarantee you, um, Christopher McQuarrie was, was watching some Nolan yeah. for sure. Um, and it goes from that to the actual thing. So all I'm getting at is, is like, there's never a wasted scene in the movie. There's never a wasted moment. It is just nonstop, even from the beginning where they're like, in a standoff or whatever. And, you know, they're trying to say they, they lose that, you know, that weapon in the briefcase or whatever. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just really good. And this one out of all of them have the emotional weight too. Yeah. like, once it hits like the midpoint of the movie and uh Sean Harris's character gets back in. I hate that. I can't remember the character name of it. Cause he's got such a cool villain name, but try to look that up. Cause I'm, the, the, the villain name is, is so much better than, than Sean Harris. But he's amazing in these movies, by the way. But once it gets to the middle, once you find it, just interrupt me. Um, once it gets to that middle scene where like they actually do that, from then on, it's like this huge, it's kind of what we talked about with Mad Max being like one scene. It's literally just like one nonstop scene going on. Like just one stop, you know, just incredible action after incredible action on top uh, of Solomon Lane. Yeah. On top of the fact that like you have the added weight of like bringing back uh, Michelle Monaghan's character. Yeah. yeah. That was such a great choice. Bringing back Vim Reigns. Okay. And actually having him do some cool shit in this one. They yeah. kind of didn't use him a whole lot in a uh, rogue nation. In, uh, rogue nation. Benji for the Benji was like, you know, 
he was phenomenal holding this. holding you know, his they, own they and get, like fight like and that's another cool thing i like is how you've kind of seen the progression like he was just getting into the field and uh rogue nation and now in this one he's he can fight a little bit you know he still mm-hmm. gets his ass kicked but he you know he can defend himself a little bit he he can actually um hold hold his own a little and, and just think about i won't go into the, the the great scene that you already mentioned the helicopter chase but like just the whole scene is of like Tom Cruise, the motorcycle chase where he's like, you know, he, he gets that motorcycle and he's like going through and like the, he's being chased by like all those police and like mm. they go through. I mean, that is phenomenal stuff. Yeah. And again, the reason this is number one for me is it could be number one just based on the action. But in terms of the story, like I said, other than maybe Inception, the story had me super invested in the characters. If you're a huge fan of Mission Impossible, like we are, you're you've had all these movies, you've had almost like 20 years of being invested in Ethan Hunt. And I just, you know, they're, I know they're filming the next two back to back. I don't know how they're going to top this one. The that every time I don't think they can top it, they find a way to top it. But this one is like, if they can't top it, it's okay. Cause I feel like they, they made the quintessential like mission impossible movie. And I think they made the quintessential like action movie of the decade. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you said. And I also think that, that um that scene with Michelle Monaghan is one of my favorite scenes in this movie. And when you can, I kind of have a similar thing about the dark Knight that um, I'll talk about a, l- a little bit in a second, but when you can have a movie that's this action packed and one of the most impactful scenes is a dramatic scene. That's when you know that what they're doing is great. I kind of feel yeah. like that way with the dark Knight. Like the best scene in that isn't even an action scene. It's a, it's two guys talking, you know, mm-hmm. but that, but that just shows you how great the entire experience is. But I remember mm-hmm. the first time, you know, you, you hear her voice and then he turns around and it's her and you're just like, and then it just clicks like, Oh God, mm-hmm. this is why they're going. Cause on the way out there, they're actually talking about, why would he choose this area? Why would he yeah. do this? And why would he do that? And Solomon Lane, first of all, badass. um, villain name great name um but he he's a fantastic villain he's another thing mm-hmm. he's another person that i'm not sure how they're gonna uh top one you know in the next movies but yeah he it, it's one of those things where like yeah he he wants to he wants to cause this huge event you know because in his crazy mind he he thinks that's the way to peace or whatever but really he just wants to beat ethan you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. that's like a secondary thing. Like killing all those people is secondary. He, he really just wants to beat Ethan and he's willing to die to do it. And, um, I, I just think like their back and forth is, is fantastic. And it, it's as about a perfect action movie as, as you could ask for. Yeah. And the thing, the thing that makes that villain so good too, is that a lot of times these movies go get a huge name actor Mm -hmm. and like that kind of like, they overdo it a little bit. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, a lot of these like A-list guys, when they get a chance to be the villain, they go um, overboard. Sometimes that works, you know, like Heath Ledger is the Joker that were again at, you know, at the time, like nobody was like super pumped about the cat, but I'm, I'm just getting at like, it can work if you're over the top, but it has to be done. You know, that's a comic book movie. Yeah. Yeah. Has to be the right situation. Yeah. And, and, you know, you compare this one to like some of the other, you know, villains that have been coming through the action movies. This one was very like just subtle and it was very, um, uh, 
he didn't have to be a villain. Like he didn't like talk like a villain during the movie. He didn't like do this, like this villain stuff that a lot of villains do in these movies where they tell you their master plan. It just unfolded throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, you didn't even realize how big of a part he was going to be in this one till the third act. I mean, it kind of unfolded where he was just kind of like a prisoner of war type of guy. Like they're trying to like transport him and all this stuff. And I just want to mention one quick scene before we head out, but, um, the, the whole scene, you know, as good as it is, like Fast and Furious was about cars and it became about all this other stuff now. And it lost what it was about. It's like it's and about what made family. it great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is about family, though. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Mission Impossible, the, the one scene that I really love is the whole scene where Alec Baldwin's in it. They're 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 basically trying they're all in that like underground thing they just got solomon lane they're trying to pin all this stuff cavill and all these guys are basically saying like it's ethan ethan is john Locke. like you know and it, and it does that whole trick where like you know what's what i'm talking about yeah. where like uh yeah. you know it's like like that switcheroo the mask and all that mm-hmm. stuff like that's what mission impossible is and that's what it started with and i love how they added like really good like kind of like spy like you know a, a big scene like that to kind of break up the big action, you know? Yeah. And, um, again, we, we could, and we'll probably at some point break these down individually, but, um, just, yeah. I mean, from start to finish, it's, it's a sprint and it's not, um, there's some, there's some scenes that kind of slow down the pace a little bit, but it's not a scene where nothing's happening and they're just waiting to get to the next thing, you know? Um, there's always something catching your attention. There's always some reason to watch, even when you've seen it 10, 15 times. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I just love the whole um, bringing Michelle Monaghan back when she, you know, after the whole thing's over and he's in the, the hospital bed and she comes and he's, you know, and she's talking to him and she's, and she's thanking him because, you know, she's where she needs to be. And it, it's just a great, like, just through and through, man. It's just a great movie. And yeah, you can say it's an action movie or whatever, but I will put this against any movie of any genre and go, it can go toe to toe with it. Cause it's got so much great stuff going on all at once. Um, all right. So that's our top 10. So we, we kind of hit on a few of them. Uh, let's real quick, just go over our, uh, honorable mentions. So Justin, what were some ones that you had that just missed your list? I mean, I'm going to stick this to one because these other ones I, I kind of like. Um, but one that didn't make my list that I really liked is Upgrade. And I couldn't remember. I think Upgrade came out like 2019, maybe 2018. But I really liked Upgrade. I just thought it was like a fun, like kind of sci-fi action hybrid type movie. And um, that that was the one for me that just missed it. Yeah. Um I, I'm kind of like you, I kind of had my 10, but there were some that I was kind of upset that I couldn't put in there and I'll just quickly hit on them. Uh, this one is, is more of a sci-fi movie, I guess, but Snowpiercer was up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I've only seen that once. I loved it when I saw it, but all these other ones I've seen multiple times. Yeah. Um, Kingsman was in the discussion. Uh, the first one, second one's trash. Uh, you know, I thought about John wick at, uh, here and there, but atomic blonde is another one. I know you haven't seen it and you've heard me talk about it, but atomic blonde is probably one of my most underrated, uh, action movies that I just, I I really think more people should watch. Um, it's awesome. 
and it's got all the stuff I like in action movies. Uh, it's got like that spy type thing. And then it's also got great fights and great chases and all that. So if you haven't seen atomic blonde, check that one out. But, uh, all right, man. We'll, I almost had, I almost had baby driver as well, but I'll be honest. I've rewatched it. I've seen it. I've seen that movie probably about four times now. And it and it gets worse every time I watch it. Yeah, I love a, Edgar. I love Edgar Wright, but it, it's not. It's not. It, it, it's not holding up for me. So that that's why it missed the top ten. But just from a technical standpoint, like a fun and like it's a fun movie. It's very rewatchable. That's why you're able to watch it so many times. But that's the one that I was kind of struggling with, maybe getting in the top ten. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't real big on that one. Um, it just didn't. And I and I love Edgar Wright too, but I, I just. I don't know. Some some of the things they did, I just didn't wasn't a huge fan of. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, well, also, man, I think we had most. Uh, let's see. I'm looking down. One, two, three, four, five, six. So we had six crossovers. So that's pretty. Mm-hmm. That, that's I'll I'll be honest with you. I thought there would be more. But well, if, if, but if, if I would have if I would have counted the Mission Impossible movies as separate things, and that's another thing is I kind of put those movies together because I didn't want to have four mission impossible movies or three mission impossible movies in the top five or six. So, you know, I I just picked the one I like the most, but all of them are fantastic. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks guys for watching and hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what, uh, what movies we were way off on or which ones you would have in your, as your top spot. So, um, we're going to continue this action duos month and hopefully get some more content out to you. So thanks again. And Justin, thanks for joining me, man, taking the time. And we'll see you next time.